Hey, this is Chris Myers of Fox Sports, and you're listening to On the Board Sports Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the On The Board Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sonny on the mic. Happy Friday to all. The weather is nice. As always, joined by my main man, my co-host, William Chirucci, a.k.a. We'll see who is east of me. Will, happy Friday, pal. How are you? Doing good, Sean. Can't complain. It's Friday, but every day feels like a Sunday during this pandemic. But slowly but surely, not only is New York State opening up, but the world is trying to get back together. So it's ultimately a good thing to see. But, Sean, we have a very special guest with us. Joining us from WWE Network and from CBS Sports HQ is the one and only Scott Stanford. Scott, thank you for sacrificing some time and joining us here on the On The Board Sports Podcast. How are you doing during this whole time, and how are you in general? Oh, fellas, I am just, listen, all I could say is what took you guys so long to get me on this show? That's number one. (laughs) Uh, And number two... Uh, listen, man, I couldn't be better. You know what? I'm, I'm home. I'm feeling good. Uh, you know, a lot of people doing a lot worse, a lot of people doing a lot better than I am. So I'm, you know, I've, I've slept my way right to the middle, uh, and I'm doing, uh, I'm doing just fine, boys. That's good to hear. That's definitely good to hear, Scott. You know, you worked your way up to the top and how did you get to where you are right now? Because it's been a really interesting journey for you. Uh, care to elaborate on that? Well, you know, if, if you're talking about WWE, uh, that was just something that kind of came about while I was doing sports uh, here in the New York area. Uh, about 11 years ago, to make a long story short, 11 years ago when SmackDown, Friday Night SmackDown, came to UPN Network, mm-hmm. if you guys remember, yep. uh, I was the uh, weekend sports anchor at the UPN station here in New York. Uh, and once the once SmackDown came to UPN, uh, when the news came on at 10 o'clock on all the UPN stations, you know, SmackDown was on 8 to 10. They always wanted to have a, a WWE-related story in the news that they could tease in SmackDown to keep that audience. You know what I mean? So you're watching WWE, and you see on the news, coming up on the news at 10, uh, the Bella Twins are, you know, dating two new guys. We'll have the story. So they try to keep that wrestling audience to watch the news coming up at, t- uh, at 10 o'clock. So I was the guy being the local, you know, closest to Stanford, Connecticut. I was the guy who had to do all those wrestling related pieces during the week that they would have to air on Friday nights. So I was basically working with WWE to get all those pieces done during the week. So every night they could say, here's Scott Stanford. He's got the latest on, you know, Hulk Hogan's battle with, uh, you know, somebody. Um, and then uh, out of the blue one day, I got a phone call and said, hey, they're looking for a studio host. Uh, you want to send up a demo, which I did. And my demo looked like I had already worked for WWE because I sent them everything I had done with all of their superstars back in the day. Uh, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the studio uh, with Jack Corpella. We're shooting Afterburn and Experience and this week in WWE. And we're doing pre-shows for pay-per-views and and, and, you know, the rest is history. I've been there for 11 years. Um, I basically have done everything for the company uh, from, from play-by-play on superstars to backstage announcing, you know, to interview shows, kickoff shows, the whole deal. 
uh, it's been it's been fantastic. I absolutely love it, uh, and and I I'm I'm so thankful that we and and I know there have been some 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 virus cases that have come out in the last couple of days of, of folks you know starting to contract the virus. But I, I'm I'm thankful that and I know those guys are too. Trust me that that we did not stop shooting new shows throughout this pandemic and and Vince never stopped uh, you know producing programming uh, which kept us all working uh, and I know the folks who in the last couple of weeks who have contracted the virus uh, believe me I know and I would do it again myself they would they would do it every day all over again knowing that they were going to contract that virus to, to go to work you know two two three times a week uh, and do what we do so it's uh, it's been great coming up on 11 years. Uh, I don't, I think I missed one day cause I had food poisoning. I couldn't, I couldn't get out of my bed. Um, but I, I really, it's, it's just a pleasure to go to work every day. And, um, you know, as, as a company WWE, I mean, there's no, no one better to work for in my opinion. Scott, congratulations on that. Um, 11 years is yes. a long time. So congratulations on that. Scott, I am a big uh, wrestling fan and I'm watching the shows and getting used to watching the events with no fans i'm like this is kind of weird uh, in your take how do you think the events have been granted that there's no fans there well you know what it was it was weird for me too because you know the wwe you guys know being fans it, it thrives off of the audience the live audience right they right. play off of the wrestlers the wrestlers play off of the live audience uh so it was it was kind of weird for me watching it too at the beginning uh, and it, I thought I thought it was kind of cool the way the, the superstars in the ring would be able to hear the announcers talking, and when the announcers would say something, they'd look over, "Hey, Cole, don't you know? Don't talk about me." That so that was kind of a cool aspect of it. Um, I you, I think I I kind of started to get used to it after a while, and I know the superstars did, you know, by addressing the the TV cameras instead of them usually addressing the audience in the live arena, um, and I guess by adding some of that audience around the stage around the uh, around the, the set uh added a little more a little more pop to it but you know what i'm used to it now uh i'm looking forward to the day when they do go back into that live arena setting because i think those first couple of shows are going to be phenomenal uh i think whatever crowd whatever crowd whatever city is lucky enough to have that first live audience and i, I don't think it's going to be for a while I, I still think we're a while down the road but whatever arena gets that audience, it's going to be like a uh, like WrestleMania, you know, like a Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, right? Right. They're going to be insane, uh, and I think the the superstars are going to love it. But for now, listen, it is what it is. The show goes on. Like I said, thank goodness, you know, if you a lot of folks shut down, all the sporting uh, leagues shut down. Um, they kept going. At the very least, they keep giving the, the, the wrestling fans new programming, right? So you, you got you to gotta thank them for that. Um, and, and listen, if, if they couldn't do it, there's so much in the vault, uh, even like you see on FS1 or uh, tonight. I know they're, they, I think on SmackDown they have a tribute to uh, Undertaker. They're going to rerun the, um, the Boneyard match with AJ Styles. You could, you know, listen, you, you have years of material if you wanted a replay stuff you know what i mean they could have they could have just taken it easy and said hey let's let's just rerun some stuff um but they keep going i love it um it did take some getting used to i think by now i'm used to it and i think it's going to make getting back into the arena all that much crazier and better for the fan watching at home and especially the fans who get to go watch it in person it's good it's going to be great when it comes back 
Have you had a favorite moment working for the WWE so far during your 11 year stint with them? You know what? I've had so many great, I mean, there's some, I God, I can't even remember. I mean, even just going backstage doing Z true Long Island story with Zach Ryder, uh, you know, that stuff was so much fun back there. You know, the show's going on out front, we're in the back shooting our, our silly stuff, which really took off for him. Um, I think one of my favorite moments was the, the very first, uh, WrestleMania pre-show that we did was WrestleMania 28 or 29, which was at MetLife, I think 29. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first uh, pre-shows that we started to do, the pay-per-view pre-shows, um, where it was actually broadcast uh, like on YouTube, Facebook, all those different things. And it was live at MetLife Stadium. I hosted the pre and post with, uh, it was me, JR, uh, Dusty Rhodes, and Kofi Kingston. Uh, and to me, that was just, you know, being in the New York area, the folks who knew me from, from New York TV, uh, the, the, the stadium was insane. And just the whole atmosphere leading up that the four days of, of WrestleMania access and all this stuff. That's one of the highlights for me uh, that I still look back on and say, man, that was just an amazing, amazing time for me uh, with the company. Uh, and it was just great that my family was there. Everybody was there. I came to see, I had my own security guards. I mean, it was, you know, it was pretty cool. It was, it was wild. So, but uh, yeah, there's so many. And, and like I said, I, I enjoy going to work every day. Uh, even now shooting our stuff from home. I look forward to waking up on Mondays and Tuesdays, pulling out my iPhone and, and banging out, uh, you know, on cameras for these different shows that we do. Um, and during the pandemic, I've been doing all the kickoff shows in the studio with uh, with Peter Rosenberg and the NXT pre-show with Sam Roberts, so it's been great, man. I just listen when when the phone rings, get that email. You know they they need you to do something. You're there and, you, and and you're doing it, and it's just it's great. I love it. Scott, obviously everybody knows you from the WWE. A lot of people like myself first saw you covering and talking about sports. Mm-hmm. How did you get started in sports? And did you have a favorite team or favorite a player growing up? Yeah, you know what? I, I grew up a Met fan in New York, you know, Mets and Jets. And, and you know, my guys, you know, the 86 Mets. I was in college during that year. And uh, the, the 86 Mets run into the World Series, you know, with Strawberry and Gooden and those guys. Uh, you know, so that, that, was always, that was always my thing. Um, and, and again, this, I, I grew up, guys, I always wanted to be a game show host. Uh, that was my thing. I wanted to be a game show. I went to school to for broadcast. Steve Levy and I from ESPN went to Oswego together. We were in the same you know classes together. Um, but I always wanted to be a, a TV guy, regardless of what it was. And just one thing led to another. I'm doing radio in the New York area. I end up doing sports. Then I'm doing news. Then I next thing you know, I'm on Fox Five. Then I'm on you know uh, I'm doing the news on NBC Four here in New York, and I'm doing sports. Uh, and it, you know, it's kind of surreal when, when, you know, when you first start and you're covering all the teams and you're in the locker rooms with Jeter and A-Rod and all those guys and, uh, you know, Strahan and Eli Manning and, you know, it becomes routine after a while where it's no big deal. Uh, but I just, you know, the first couple of times around, you're like, holy cow, man, am I, am I supposed to be in here? I'm... And then after, then after a while, before you know it, you're like, you know, people come and go from the market. And the guys that were the main sports guys in the area when you came up, they're now gone. 
new guys are coming into other stations. And before you know it, you're like the veteran guy and you get the first questions in the press conferences and you, you know, the, everybody waits for you to ask the first couple of questions. And it just, it it was great, you know, and listen, the stations I was on, we were doing Yankee pregame shows, Yankee postgame shows. So I was the guy in the locker room or on the field after Mariano Rivera would just, you know, save a game you know, hey, let's go to Scott. He's standing by with Mariana, you know, and you get three minutes on the field and it's just, you know, it's surreal. Guys are getting pied in the face and, you know, you're standing there interviewing <laughs> them. Um, but it's just a lot. Of, and listen, I, I've got the chance to meet so many celebrities over the year and do shows with over the years and do shows with celebrities. Uh, it's just been, um, it, it's it's great, man. I got, I got to win a couple of awards, uh, you know, throughout yeah. the, uh, throughout the time. And I've always been one of those guys. I never take anything seriously. What we do, we're not curing cancer. We're not saving lives. You're just trying to make, listen, the, the job of the sports guy in a local newscast, you come on after the weather, okay? You come on every night after the weather guy where most people in this day and age already know what happened with their team that night. So when I come on, I'm telling you the Mets won or the Yankees won. Those, those guys, if people already know that those, those games are over and what happened. But right. your job coming, coming up after the weather and 44 minutes of just mostly lousy news in a newscast, I always <laughs> felt it was my job. I got three, four minutes to put on a little show, uh, not just give you the highlights and the scores. I, always, you know, I was always out doing fun stuff, fun packages, you know, stories on fun people. Um, just to, because I knew that those people who were around after the weather weren't necessarily sports fans. Um, and, and, and it, nothing made me happier than when, uh, you know, an, an elderly woman would come up to me on the street and say, Oh, I don't even watch sports, but you make it so much fun. And you know, that's, that's the key because if you think about it back in the old days, when I was a kid, you had to watch the local news to find out what happened in that's the right, game. Right. Now, right. You, you know, everybody knows already the minute something happens on their phone. So, you know, I always thought it was my opportunity to, to be just, you know, a little bit more than just the sports guy who's giving you the high. And if I was doing the highlights, I would sing, I would dance, do poems, you know, all that stuff, movie clips, <laughs> whatever it is, just to make it more entertaining and give people things that they wouldn't necessarily see on any of the other stations. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been a fun ride for me. I'm still, you know, I'm still writing up in the mix of everything. It's a little slow now because there's no sports. Right. Um, but, and I'm, you know, I, I was, I was a morning show host, uh, on PIX 11 for a couple of years with my partner, Sukanya. Uh, so that was a whole different ball of wax for me where you get to, you know, you're doing breaking serious news and you're doing, you know, celebrity stuff two minutes later. Um, so it's all, it's been great. You know what I mean? In broadcasting, I always tell the young kids, you got to be able to do anything they ask you to do when you're called upon to do this, 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 or this. Somebody gets sick one day. Hey, can you do the weather? Sure, man. I can do the weather. Throw me in. Give me a shot. And it's just same thing with WWE. You always, if, if someone gives you an opportunity to do something, uh, you know, you never know who's watching that particular video at that particular time. So that's why right. my, you know, my whole ideal is no matter what show you're shooting, no matter how small, how big, how many people view it, how many people don't view it, I treat every show like I'm auditioning every single day. Because one day, you know, a Vince McMahon say, hey, hey, give me this week in WWE. Let's see what Stanford's doing. Or, or you know what I mean? You never know who's going to see that video at that any particular time. 
So you always want to be on your game. Scott, when you when you worked in New York, did you we talked about this with your time working in WWE in New York? Did you have a favorite co-host? Did you have a favorite sort of, you know, time that you had covering sports in New York? What would that moment be? Nah, they're all hacks. None of them were as good as me. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? When you, most of the time when I was doing sports, you, you know, you're, you're doing it solo. Um, like I said, I did co-host with uh, my girl, Sukanya. Um, mm -hmm. We did the 611 morning show. We do our show every night now on Facebook Live, Monday through Friday. Um, little plug, plug right there. Uh, and it's, you know, she and I do it. It's more like, you know, like, like the Kelly and Ryan live, you know what I mean? We have celebrities on, we have entertainers on, uh, we try to keep it light and funny. Um, but no, I mean, I worked with, I worked with a ton of people, uh, in the broadcasting business, but it was never, you know, when you like I said, when you're doing sports or you have a sport, everybody's got their Sunday night sports show on, you know, late at night, uh, you're usually solo. So I never really paired up uh with people at cbs hq we do a lot of pairing up like you know sports center type stuff um but right. never really uh never really paired up with people uh until i started doing the morning show with with suki scott um tell everyone about cbs sports hq uh what you're doing there and also are you still doing the show on um uh, yes are you still doing yeah. uh, that show as well you know what's funny about the show on Yes? I'm uh, Boxing 30, it's called. Boxing 30, right. Uh, and the Yes Network is their studios right across the hall from CBS HQ, which is convenient. Uh, right. <laughs> the, the last boxing show I did, we were, fe we were about to feature, it was uh, Deontay Wilder and um, oh, the, the uh, guy, the guy who was wrestling for a minute. What's his name? Fury. Tyson Fury. Uh, don't get don't get old, fellas. It, it's it's not pretty. Um, so I, I I just literally taped the on cameras in the studio for Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, uh, and as I was driving home, the the producer texted me, said, "Hey, man, they just shut down the whole studio. We're not doing the show." So that was the day that they literally oh, the Yes Network shut down their studios because of the virus. Um, but yes, I will I will be doing that again once it comes back. Uh, boxing 30 on yes and it's just it's a recap show you know monthly it runs like 20 times a month um, which is fun and cbs hq which is a cbs sports digital uh that's also up there in stanford where wwe is and uh and 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 the yes network um so it's basically it's 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 literally everything is on your phone or online and it's 24-hour sports coverage so, you know, once, once the baseball games end at night, you're banging out all the highlights. It's just, it's an elongated ESPN sports center type thing where you're doing interviews, analysis. There's a lot of gambling uh, segments involved. Um, so it's fun. It was just the, you know, it's, that's one of those things where it's just a more straight up part of doing sports. You know, you're, you're talking to guys, GMs from teams and, players and, and uh, guys who were just prognosticating about gambling and, you know, who's pitching that night and who's got, you know, who's favored by three. And, um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a whole, and that's, those are usually like 12 hour shifts. So usually in there all night long from three in the afternoon till two in the morning, waiting for those West coast games to finish. Right. Um, but it's fun. I mean, the production is, is phenomenal. Uh, and it's, and the viewership just, the viewership is unbelievable. You know, everybody gets it right on their phones. 
uh, and it's CBS Sports, so you can't go wrong. And once sports comes back, you know, I'll be back in the studio there uh, doing what I was doing, I assume. But until then, uh, you know, I'm kind of like on hold like everybody else. But like I said, thank God wrestling WWE never, never stopped. So, you know, we, we, we kept us busy and uh, it's, it's been so much fun, you know. Absolutely has. Scott, you mentioned the fact that you were a Jets fan earlier. You're talking to a Jets fan right now, okay? With everything that's gone on with this whole Jamal Adams situation right now, uh, what are your thoughts on what Jamal has basically been doing so far this offseason? Here's the thing, guys. You know what? Here's, here's what I'll tell you. Like I was talking about being in those locker rooms for such a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I've grown, I've grown to the point where I'm not a fan of any team anymore. Right. You're, you're, you're doing your job. Absolutely. When I was doing sports. It was always, boy, I always loved when teams did very well or teams did really bad. Cause when they're doing really bad, you can goof on them a lot and have some fun. Right. When they're doing really well. Obviously everybody's interested mm-hmm. when the Jamal Adams type stories come around. I just shake my head because these guys, you know, they're making so much money, right? They're making mm-hmm. so much money. They live in a world that you and I will never know. Okay. When they, these right. guys are getting pampered, when, when these guys are making so much money, they don't ever have to spend any of that money because everything gets taken care of for them right. during the season. Everything's paid for the meals, the traveling, the, the, nothing comes out of their pockets. They get pampered uh, like rock stars, uh, as you know. And, you know, when, when you got guys like Jamal Adams, who really what, listen, what, what's Jamal done so far in his, in his brief career, right? Is he one of the uh, best safeties in the game? Uh, safety, Jamal, safety, right? Yeah. Um, you know, is, is he one of the best safeties in the game? Mm-hmm. He might be. Does that mean you got to get paid like the best safety in the game? I don't know. But, I mean, it seems to me like he's doing everything he can to get moved off of the Jets. You know what I mean? It seems yes. from what you read and what you hear, it seems like he's doing everything he can in his tweets to his friends. Hey, man, I'm going to miss it here. I mean, the guy's not even gone yet. Right. Um, when, these guys, when these guys bitch and moan about money, I just kind of – I tune it out because, to me, it just comes off as – you know, you got to read the room, man. You got to see what's going on in the rest of the world. Uh, you know, that's why everybody's pissed off at, at MLB and the baseball players. I mean, these guys are they're they're they're, they're fighting about money right. uh, when people are just trying to stay alive. They're trying to survive, right? You know what I mean? When when doctors and nurses are running around, you know, everybody's like, man, it sucks wearing these masks, right? It, it, yeah. It, yeah, I go to the yeah. supermarket. I can. It's warm. It's it sucks wearing a mask. I have friends who are nurses and doctors that are wearing these masks for 20 hours a day with right. the shield, with those, right? I mean, right. And, and you got these players, man, who are they're living the life of Riley. And it's just, <laughs> I, 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 I remember a couple of weeks ago, Mark Teixeira sends out, I love Mark Teixeira, nicest guy in the world. Teixeira sends out a tweet on top of an interview about Garrett Cole, Okay. Garrett Cole just became the richest man in baseball, but he hasn't been able to play for the Yankees yet because of the virus. Right. He's sitting at home, working out, bullpen sessions, at his mansion, wherever he lives. I don't, I don't even know where Garrett Cole lives. 
-hmm. And Mark Teixeira's quote from, about the article was, I can't imagine what Garrett Cole is going through not pitching for the Yankees right now. He can't, <laughs> it's it, it's got to be rough for Garrett Cole right now getting that contract and not being able to pitch for the Yankees right now. And I was just like, is it? Is this guy kidding me? What do you mean? You can't imagine what he's got. I could tell you what he's going through. He's right. sitting in his hot tub every night outside of his mansion, right? He's throwing right, bullpen right. sessions in his bullpen in the back of his house. Right. Um, and I just, I even wrote back to, I'm like, Mark, man, you gotta, this sounds so stupid what you just wrote in the middle of a pandemic where people right. are members that they can't even say goodbye to in person. Right, right. I can't imagine what Garrett Cole's going through right now. <laughs> you know that was I mean? it. Right. You can't make it up. You can't make it up. It's crazy. So when you talk about a Jamal Adams, it's it's kind of the same thing. It's like, you know what, Jamal, you don't want to play here. Don't play here, man. I don't right. care. You know right. what I mean? You want to play? Yeah. You don't want to play? Don't play. Go play somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't have – it never – I always – I never – I know people who are sports fans, if their team loses, they don't sleep at night. <laughs> You know, once you have kids, I don't know if you guys have kids, you're old enough nope. to have kids. Once you have kids, man, everything changes. You don't even get to watch sports. You know <laughs> right. I mean? Everyone yeah. used to ask me, hey, man, you, you know, Sundays, you're watching, I'm like, uh, football, I got to watch the highlights with everybody else. <laughs> and then I present them and it sounds like I watched the whole game. You don't know the difference. Right. That's very but true. But it's just, you know, everything changes. Uh, you put things in perspective. Um, and, you know, you just talk about, you know, the, the baseball season coming, you know, most of like my friends who they have season tickets, the Yankees, half these guys, you know, I don't care if baseball comes back or it doesn't. Now you're used to not having it. Once you get used to not having something, it's like, all right, but you look at us, we're living. Yankees haven't played yet. Mets haven't played yet. We're, we're still living. So if they come back, great. If not, then maybe you start next year. Right. I'm one of those guys. I don't, uh, I just take everything in stride. You know, I don't get offended by anything. Nothing really bothers me except when to share wrote that little quote. I was like, is this guy, <laughs> is this guy insane? Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, that's what, that's what you learn guys. When you cover these teams, the players are, are they're living in a world that we'll never know. Uh, you know, and it got to a point for me where people used to say, oh, you get to go into the Yankee clubhouse and the Mets and the Giants and the this and the that. You know, eventually it turns into how quickly can we get in and out of the Yankee clubhouse? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, let's get our three sound bites from Jeter and Teixeira and A-Rod and let's get the hell out of here. Right. Um, but it's, listen, as far as a job goes, you, you really, you can't, if you can make a living at it, I know there's a lot of, a lot of kids who work in, in different markets, you don't really make a lot of money. Um, the guys who came before me in New York were making a million dollars a year to do the same thing I'm doing. Obviously, that doesn't happen anymore. Um, but if you can make a living doing it, I'll tell you, it's, it's one of the greatest jobs in the world run by people who are not the greatest people in the world. So if you can survive it and make a living, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, but the jobs are few and far between. And, you know, you... You staying at a TV station is subjective to the next person that takes over that TV station. Right. Every time a news right. director comes in and goes out, you got to hope that news director, oh, do, do, do they like the way you look? Do they like the way you sound? Do they like your stick on the air? If they don't, <laughs> right. they replace you, you know? Right. 
Some people are lucky enough to just keep going. Other people are, you know, you, you don't get so lucky. Um, and that's just, you know, it's just the nature of the business. It's probably like that everywhere. Um, but it's, uh, listen, if you, if covering sports is, it's fun, man. I've been to some crazy events, you know, per, uh, parade of champions, Canyon of heroes type stuff. Uh, I've got to host a lot of things based off of just being the sports guy in New York. Um, and it's just, uh, I'd recommend it if you can do it, but anytime anybody asks me if I'd recommend it, I'm kind of like, you know what? My mother told me to go be a doctor. I probably should have done that. Um, <laughs> But it's uh, it's fun, man. It's fun. But anyway, long-winded answer to Jamal Adams. I say, you know what, Jamal Adams? <laughs> Go screw yourself, pal. How's that sound? Out the door. Out the door right there. <laughs> That's funny, Scott. <laughs> Scott, uh, my next question for you is, back when I, I'm, I'm 32, so right. back when I was in a school, wrestling had The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Undertaker and Kane so on and so forth. Wrestling now, you got uh, Kofi Kingston and yeah. Randy Orton and so on and so forth. I say that to say this. If you had to tell me and Will what the pulse of the WWE is, what do you think that pulse is going from those greats from The Rock and Stone Cold to the greats right now, the Edges and the Randy and Orton's uh, so on and so forth? Yeah. Uh, what's the pulse uh, of it? Listen, by the way, how great is Randy Orton right now? Oh my God! He is has living. there been a better has there been a better <laughs> heel than Randy Orton right now? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, listen, you know what? The pulse of the business, you know, back then that the whole Attitude Era. Um, obviously, if you gave these guys an opportunity, uh, it, the, the, listen, the, the scripts are different, right? It's a different era, the PG thirteen. But if you took this same group that you have now, and you were you let them run wild like they did with the Stone Colds and the Rocks, <laughs> and the promos were different. The language, it could be a little more risque. Um, right. Listen, everybody loved that that attitude era, right? Probably the best you'll ever see, right? From from Hogan and those guys coming through, and then Stone Cold with the Mister McMahon, you know, storylines and The mm -hmm. Rock, all that yeah. stuff. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal with you know all the things they did, and then uh, you know even with the the women. Um, the divas, they would have, you know, the, the, the panties on a pole match or the bikini matches, <laughs> um, which listen, as a kid in college, I was like, yeah, all right. I like it. <laughs> um, but everything changes and, you know, you go in a different direction and the writing's different and the storylines are different. You know, sometimes the storylines get a little risque, you know, like the Lana Bobby Lashley stuff, uh, which I thought, you know, I, I was glued to that stuff. People were like, this is so bad. I love it. <laughs> um, I think the pulse is, you know, them moving to Fox was, it was a crazy, unbelievable, right? Who would have ever thought that would happen? Um, right. and I just think, I think, you know, wrestling, the, the difference between WWE and any other, let's say sports league is they never take a week off. They're never off. Uh, and I was listening to, to, to bully and Dave LaGreca yesterday on busted open and bully made a great point. Um, you know, that maybe wrestling takes a month off every year, like after WrestleMania, just take a month off, regroup, write some stuff because they, the fans never get a chance to miss it. They never get a chance to miss the right. Like the baseball fans, the football, they're like, man, I can't wait for football to come back. Um, and I thought that was a great idea. Let everybody get refreshed. The writers ideas, this and that. Cause it's just like any other TV show you're watching at night. 
right? A regular TV show does 13 weeks and they're out and they come back with, you know, season two a year later. WWE, it's this constant boom, 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 every, you know. Um, but I listen, I, I think the product, uh, they're doing the best they can right now with, with what they have, like we were talking about with no audience. I think these cinematic matches are pretty cool. I, I really like that. Um, the Boneyard match, uh, you know, NXT had the, um, what was it, the backyard, what was it, the back lot match that they had two weeks ago. Um, but I think, I think the cinematic matches are pretty cool. I think they should keep that even when they go back to live action, do, you know, one or two of those, a pay-per-view. Uh, but I think the, the pulse, you, you could read the, the, listen, the stuff you read online is a lot of people, a lot of negativity online, right? Those, you have to look at that as it's like people who call radio shows. If you have 10,000 people listening to a radio show, probably 50 of those people are going to actually call that radio show. You know what I mean? It's kind of the same thing when you read negativity online about the product. Oh, this sucked. That sucked. They should have done this. They should have done that. Um, I think for the most part, you know, from what they have to work with, I think, you know, the pulse of the WWE is they're still as uh, almost as big as they've always been. Right. The ratings are probably down a little bit just because every, I mean, everything is down. Right. Everything is down. Um, doesn't matter what it is. Um, but I think, listen, they, they barrel through this, keep the product going. And you know, with WWE, they can come up with one storyline any day of the week that blows everybody out the door and everybody's talking about it again. Right. It's just like, like I said, it's any other show you watch, you know, Ray Donovan, Homeland, any of the shows you watch on TV. I I was a big fan of billions, right? You guys watch billions at all on net on uh, Showtime? Um, first couple you watch, yeah. First couple of seasons, phenomenal. This season, I'm not that thrilled with it. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, it's it's a little boring to me this season. Right. That doesn't mean you know, start a season six. I'm like, oh, this is man, billions is back. Here we go. Right. Um, and that's a right. The WWE comes up with one storyline that everybody gets jacked up about, and and you're right back into the into the action. Um, right. And 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 it, listen, in, in this day and age, there's never been more coverage of WWE and wrestling per se with all the independent circuits as well and the AEWs of the world. Uh, so there's just a, so much more coverage um, that not everything's going to be positive. Not everybody's going to like every storyline. It's just it's impossible. You know what I mean? I could hold up, you know, this pen and five people could tell you the cap is yellow and swear by it. So, you know, it, it just doesn't matter. It's um, as long as they just keep going, muscle through it, they will always thrive. They'll always survive. They've got the TV deals in, in the pocket. Uh, and it's just, you know, it, it's, it's just like anything else, man. You know, even the most popular shows in the world, ratings, you know. And yep, by the true. way, the rating system, that's not totally accurate either. That's true, right. You know, I've, always, I've always said the broadcast rating system could be the most unaccurate system we have to measure anything and unfortunately that's how that's where the advertisers go by is the ratings and unfortunately for people how many times have you seen a show get canceled and 10 people around online oh man that was my favorite show what are you doing you can't take that off right well unfortunately no one asked you if you were watching it (laughs) right (laughs) right you didn't you know if you have a here in new york there's a market of uh i don't know just New York City alone is 8 million people. 
right? So the whole market's probably around 46, 50 million people. I think they measure the ratings for the New York market with about 2,500 people out of that, out of the 50 million. And that's how the ratings, you know, and they'll just, then they just multiply it out and figure what it would be if they spoke to everybody, but it's just not accurate. But again, long answer, short question, WWE will, they're not going away and they will continue to thrive. And uh, listen, as long as Vince can, uh, you know, as long as this is, he continues to, to feel that this is uh, something that he's passionate about. Um, he'll stay there and keep doing what he, what he could do, you know? Right. Absolutely. You alluded to Vince just now. What's it like working with Vince McMahon? Um, it's scary. It's a little scary. Uh, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't worked with Vince that many times when I was backstage doing interviews. Uh, I would see Vince. There were times where Vince would stand there and watch you do the interview. That's how into, you know, uh, that's how micromanaged he used to be. And right. I haven't been backstage in a while, so I don't know how it is now. But, but when I was doing it, uh, you know, even the, the, a one-minute interview with somebody, Vince would stand there and make sure you got it done the way he wanted you to do it. If, if, you're, the, if you're the interviewer and your question is too long, he's going to cut it down, get to mm-hmm. the superstar, get to the superstar quicker. Um, but I've, you know, I, I've, I've run into Vince a few times um, here and there backstage at our studio in Stanford uh, a couple times when he came in to do some XFL stuff. I read, but he's always, always been very, very nice to me, but it's, you know, it, listen, it's Vince McMahon, right? That's intimidating right. stuff just to, <laughs> just to yeah. hang out with Vince. Um, but he, listen, he's a perfectionist. And I remember one, I remember somebody told me that he made Hulk Hogan stand and do like a 30 second promo. They did it for like three hours until they till they thought it was perfect and this is hulk hogan right um and and vince will do that with himself too you know i've seen him do a, a an xfl 30 second promo that he was doing uh and he literally i think he did it for for uh, he must have done it 10 times before he thought he did it the way he liked it so right. you know it's it's almost it's one of those you know what's good for me is good for you know do as i say not as right. i do He's the do as i do kind of guy um, right. you know, he's looking for perfection and, and as, as, as much as he can get from it. Uh, and it, listen, it's his company, right? He's got to be happy yep. And when, when it's your company and you run it, you gotta, you know, as long as, as long as he's happy, everybody's happy. It's true. Yeah. That's true. Scott, my final question for you, Will normally ask this, I'm going to steal his thunder and ask you this. Go ahead. Bud. So Scott, you're from new york will is from new york i am from new york me and will love food specifically me and will love pizza oh <laughs> baby dude i scott, eat pizza every day <laughs> scott every when day. it comes to getting a slice okay. of pizza where are you going what's your favorite places and spots oh. to get a slice see see i'm, I'm in the suburbs of new york now uh, there's, there's a lot of good pizza out here in the suburbs um, but when I was, okay, let, let's, but when I was in the city every night at Pix 11 or NBC, um, there, like, oh, you're going to ask me for a name and I'm not even going to, I'm not going Ray's cause Ray's never really floated my boat. Too many okay. Ray's out there. 
Too many rays out there. Yeah, too much. I'm, I'm a plain, I'm a plain pizza kind of guy. I love it. Like none of this crap on the pizza for me. No, no pineapples. None of that bullshit. Come no on. Toppings. <laughs> no toppings. No toppings. I just want that thin crust, crispy thin crust. Yeah. Uh, brick oven, right? Yeah. Uh, trying to think of a name. Oh, I'm never gonna come up with the name, fellas. We had a place right on Third Avenue. Uh, excuse me, Second Avenue and 42nd Street, right on the corner of Picks right on the other side of the street, there was a pizza place on the corner, but it, it closed down and, and the slices were phenomenal. So I, I don't have like a name for you, right? right. but, but believe there's, there's a couple of spots out here in the suburbs that are pretty darn good too. But yeah, there were times where I'd call my wife. I'm like, uh, I'm eating pizza again. Like every day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't resist. You know, you, I can't resist the pizza. It's so good. It's so good. I, dude, it's, it's the most, it's it, pizza is the most perfect item on any menu it's it's a perfect food right it is, it is. it's crazy it is absolutely is scott absolutely <laughs> is scott my final question for you is to get back to the baseball here mlb is coming back with its 60 game plan uh there's a yeah. lot going on in this you know the play it was, ultra, it was a doomsday plan by well doomsday thing because it was last resort right what what's your take on what Major League Baseball and the MLBPA has gone through, and I, I know you alluded to it earlier, but just in general, what do you what do you see happening as far as baseball coming back? What do you, you know see? what that you know what the problem was, guys? Back in the old days when they had these labor negotiations, the two sides would go into a room into a hotel, and they wouldn't leave until they had a deal. Right. I remember, like I the sports guys I would watch, they'd stand outside the hotel. The, the major league the players are coming. Then they'd interview the guy. Hey, how'd you guys do? Nothing yet. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, what these guys went through, I equate to like a husband and wife or a boyfriend and girlfriend fighting over text messages. Um, you know, because when you start an argument over a text message, text messages aren't ever read the right way that we're supposed to be. And things escalate to a bigger fight. To me, with the emails and the proposals over email, you know, when Tony Clark and Manfred finally got into a room in a, in a hotel, uh, wherever the hell they met, I think it was Arizona or wherever they met, um, you know, that's when something started to click a little bit, right? When they got to that 60, let's do 70 games. Um, what they needed to do, they, they could have avoided all this. Uh, and just if they would have just gotten to a room face to face and got this thing done, nobody leaves until we get it done. Hey, we'll bring in some sandwiches. We don't get it done. We all stay in the hotel. We come back tomorrow downstairs and we keep doing it. That being said, my I, I had the best idea, I think. I said, these guys should just show up. Like, you know how you guys, you, you play softball like on Sundays or whatever? Yeah. You show up in your uniform, you play, you get back in the car and go home, right? Imagine that, like the, the Yankees and Mets showing up, get out of the car with your cleats, get back in the car and go home. Don't use the locker rooms. No, I know that's can't be done, but um listen any baseball is better than no baseball right uh and again to me i'm not one of those guys where it's like oh they're only playing 60 games i'm not watching baseball these playoffs are gonna suck and this listen everything's upside down right now the whole world's upside down so you're gonna play a 60 65 game baseball season you'll have some playoffs make it fun i know they have some different rule changes if they're gonna go universal dh I've always liked the thought of, how, of the National League having a DH. I always thought the pitcher was – that's a little disadvantage, especially when they're, they're playing each other. 
Um, so I, I like the universal DH. I'm not quite sure about that idea of having a guy start on second base in extra innings, uh, especially in, in the playoffs. You throw a guy out on second base. All right. Base hit wins the game. Um, but listen, to me, if it's on and, you know, I'm not doing something with my kids or I'm not busy and I could sit down and watch a Met game or the Yankees, uh, you know, it'll, it'll feel more like normal again, especially, right. you know, here in the summer, you know, to watch Michael Kay or, or Cone and, uh, you know, Gary Cohn and, and, and Keith Hernandez and Darling and those guys. Yep. Once that comes on, you're going to feel like, okay, we're getting back to normal uh, here in New York, especially the rest of the country is having a tough time right now. Um, you know, to me, I think things are coming back around here in New York, right. uh, especially after all the protesting and marching in the streets and all the gatherings. I think we're going to get hit again. Uh, hopefully we don't. But I just think once if we can get things back to normal, th- does baseball need fans? Like like wrestling needs fans, I think, in the stadium, right? Does does baseball need fans? Uh, you know, you're going to lose out on on applause and craziness during a home run or a good play. But I think for the most part, at home, if you're watching the game, do you really need that? Is it going to screw it up that much? I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see soon enough. <coughs> I just heard that one of the teams, I guess if you have season tickets, you could send in a cardboard cutout of yourself and they'll put it in the seat. <laughs> that's uh, that's going to make the people real happy. Um, but listen, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll be around for it. Like I said, yeah. I'm, I, I always hear people call, the, I'm not watching if they come back. You're going to watch. When it comes yeah. back, you'll watch. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, like you, whoever wins the World Series, there's a little asterisk next to it. Sure, 60 games. Anybody can get hot for the first 60 games of a season. Yeah. Uh, but listen, that'll, that'll make it more fun, right? I know the Yanks and Dodgers are favored to win, uh, but sometimes it takes those, those guys a couple of months to get going, right? And start right. Uh, getting That's hot. So yeah, maybe you get one of the, the, low, the lower teams, you know, with not such a big payroll, uh, gets in the World Series or makes a run in the playoffs. I think it'll be fun. Listen, it's like anything else. Everybody makes a big deal out of it. Once it comes back on, within a week, you're back to normal. Everybody forgets. It's like, okay, we're playing, right? The Grom's throwing smoke. Uh, Garrett Cole will somehow get out of his whatever he's going through and we'll start <laughs> pitching at Yankee Stadium, yep. you know, for $900,000 a game. Uh, and it, it'll be back to normal. But, uh, yeah, listen, man, all you could do is, is wake up and see what the hell happens each day. Absolutely. Right? Every, every yeah. day is a day. I wake up in the morning. I go right to the New York Post to make sure the world's still here before I'm like, okay, we're still here. <laughs> um, but it's just, yeah, no, it, it's insane, man. It's insane. Listen, did I think uh, last year at this time I'd be sitting in my basement doing this week in WWE and the five other shows? Um, no. You know, right. I'm doing them from, from my back deck on nice days, you know. Right. Uh, Elise Ashton, my partner on that show, she's in Tennessee now. And listen, you, you know what? A lot of things may, may stay that way. You know, yep. being that you don't, need, you don't need all these people to put on. That's the true. And a lot That's of true. TV shows that you're seeing are just like the one you're doing right here. Um, yeah. So we'll see, man. It's just, you know, I wake up every day. I, you, you know, I make sure my kids are happy. And as long as they're good, I'm, I'm good. I could sit on the couch and watch TV all day as long as my kids are happy. That's it. That's, um, that's it'll be interesting. interesting. It'll be interesting to see, man. And as far as as far as me, 
you never know. I'm always working on, uh, you know, other things, maybe coming back to the local TV, network TV, ESPN, you know, there's always, always things popping up. And in this business, you never know what the next, uh, you know, the next phone call is going to bring. You, you just never know. Yeah, absolutely. You're 100% yeah. right on that. Scott, we thank you so much for coming on and really right, sacrificing buddy. some time talking with us before you go. Mm-hmm. How do the people follow you on social media and how do the people follow you? How do the people follow your work? I am, uh, let's see, Scott Stanford one on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we have that new show, which has taken off like, like hotcakes, uh, the Suki and Scott show uh, on Facebook live every uh, summer. Our summer hours are Tuesday through Thursday. We cut it down. We've got some of the biggest celebrities in the business uh, who come on with us and we've got, uh, you know, entertainers, magicians, illusionists, and, and people like that. And it's just, it's a fun show. No politics, no virus talk. It's just, it's a place, it's a place to come to just, you know, have fun and, uh, and laugh a little bit. You know, we get real dumb and silly uh, and we have some, some great <laughs> celebrities on. That's the best thing. Listen, if there's one good thing about everybody being quarantined, the celebrities are all looking for something to do. So it's real easy to get Very guests true. right now. Very true. Yeah. yeah, so it's uh, it, it's a lot of fun. So uh, Suki and Scott show on Facebook Live, uh, 7.30, usually every night, but there's a lot of fun stuff in there. Scott, we appreciate it. Thank you so much, Scott. And I look forward to seeing you back on Yes soon, and I'll be watching on CBS Sports HQ. Scott, listen, thank you for I, taking some time, bro. I, ex- I, I assume Extreme Rules kickoff show will once again be Peter Rosenberg and myself, uh, you know, still just waiting for the word, but I, I, I don't see things changing. So it'll be me and uh, old Rosie Rosenberg back in the studio, I assume, for the uh, Extreme Rules kickoff show. I'm a big fan of his, man. I'm, I've been trying to get Peter on this show for months, uh, Scott. <laughs> so, I'll give, I'll give you his, t- I'll give you his phone number. Thanks, Scotty. Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> Scott, man, continue to stay safe. It, continue to be safe. Thank, Thank you. you so, so much, bro. Thanks for having me, fellas. Thank I you for coming you. on. You're always welcome back on, Scott. Thank you. All right. Take care, boys. Uh, you too, Scott. Bye. Well, that was the one and only Scott Stanford of WWE, CBS, CBS Sports HQ. Well, I have been watching Scott on TV for years, so it was we an honor. Have. Yeah, we both have. And it was an honor and a privilege to talk to Scott, man. That was awesome, yeah. man. That was, that, that was really that was, awesome. That was a great – that was probably one of the more, you know – in-depth not only in-depth but more honest interviews i feel like you know he gave Absolutely. he was very honest and passionate about not only what he does but what's going on in the world right now and that's what matters the most my final thought you know with the baseball rules set you know he mentioned about the the runner on second it's almost like having three on three hockey three on three in hockey in the regular season and then they go out and they play five on five in overtime until they play for a winner that's what's going to happen in the playoffs there's not going to be that runner on second so that's a good thing so once the postseason happens, that's going to be different. But overall, a great episode today. That's all I got to say about that. Just a great episode from a great guy in Scott Stanford. Yeah, well, um, and um, I, I didn't hear about that rule, but um, I'm not a fan of it, but I'm sure I'll get used to it once it happens. But yep. yeah, well, final thought, great job by you as well and the questions. And thank God we were finally able to get on Scott. We've been trying to get on Scott for at least the past two or three weeks, so finally was able to 
get him going. So, Absolutely. Well, without final ado, my pal, my friend, for my co-host, William Chiucci, a.k.a. OC, and for our featured guest on today's show, Scott Stanford of CBS Sports HQ and WWE. I'm your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean, you on the mic for On The Board Sports. Continue to be safe. Continue to stay safe. We love you all. Peace out.